This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What would it be like to sign a 13-year $350 million guaranteed contract to play Major League Baseball. I'll never find out. But Carlos Correa uh, is living that dream today, and he's definitely a player that wagered on himself. Uh, he had the security of a three-year deal with the Twins, but built in an opt-out after year one. Aaron Judge went into this last season uh, saying, yeah, you know what the Yankees offered me? I can do better and put up really one of the great seasons in Major League history uh, in 2022 and re-signed with the Yankees for a monster contract. Carlos Correa gets paid by the Giants. And to sort all of that out, Dan Hayes joining us from The Athletic on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Steve Thompson here sitting in for Henry Lake. Charlie Weiss is our producer. And Dan, thanks so much for joining us on uh, what turned out to be a very busy day. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Steve. Yeah, and Dan, uh, Carlos Correa, a lot like Aaron Judge in a certain respect, uh, turned – turned down potentially bigger deals, signed with the Twins, took the one-year opt-out, ultimately did opt-out, and was rewarded handsomely uh, by the Giants. There was some thought that when the Giants didn't get Aaron Judge that uh, they they would set their sights on Correa because they do have a ton of money to spend. Yeah, without question, I think the Giants are the one team, the Giants and the Yankees were the team the the Twins probably – uh, privately feared all along. Had the Giants beat the Yankees for Judge, I think the Twins think that the Yankees would have been the team that would have come along and done this. Uh, it, it, it just was the unfortunate situation because you look at all the dominoes in the market, and they all kept falling the Twins' way. Dodgers backed out. Seattle made a trade for an infielder rather than going into free agency. Trey Turner went to Philadelphia. Atlanta wasn't going to do anything. You know, you, you keep going along, and everything looked like it was going well for the Twins. I think Xander Bogarts going to San Diego, uh, which was somewhat of a shock, especially because the Padres uh, throwing out rumored or reportedly a $400 million offer to Aaron Judge and, and striking out on that. I, I don't think anybody saw the Padres coming up and getting Bogarts, and that really probably is the move that hurt the Twins because I think the Twins could have pivoted and gone back to Bogarts had they not got Correa. I think that was their hopeful fallback. And the Padres kind of stunned everyone last week when we were still in San Diego for the winter meetings and, and got Bogarts for 11 years and $282 million. And, and, you know, I covered the Padres from 2007 to 2012 
it's not a franchise known for throwing money around. They already have Danny Machado. They have Tatis, Fernando Tatis Jr. They acquired Soto at the trade deadline uh, from Washington. I, I think that was sort of out of left field. And when they made that move, you know, the Twins were the one team that was going to kind of get uh, left short. I mean, I know Dansby, Sw- Dansby Swanson is still out there right now, but you know, I don't know that the Twins are – necessarily as much in on him as they were on Carlos Correa. And so they might end up uh, coming up empty at shortstop there. Yeah. And from, from the twins perspective, uh, do we know what the twins put out there? Because 13 years and three fifty that that's just crazy to me that, that yeah. they have this kind of deal because, you know, let's face it at the end of the deal, you have absolutely no idea and if if I'm the owner and money's no object, I'm probably not offering Carlos Correa 13 years and 350 million dollars. Yeah, the uh, <clears throat> the Twins' offer was 10 years, 285 million dollars, which is 101 million more than they gave to Joe Mauer in you know 12 years earlier, or 11 years earlier, whatever the whenever it was. I think it was 2010, um, but it was a significant offer and actually it was very much in play until the giants made their final one, uh, which upped the ante because the giants, even at the end still didn't have the same, but the twins had the higher annual average value. They offered 28 million a year. The giants offered 26.9 million a year. It's just the giants were willing to go those three years. And honestly, the giants are paying for a bad back end of this contract because Carlos Correa is 28 right now, and I think he could probably give you seven, eight good years. Um, he's going to be a valuable leader throughout all of it and a, and a real important piece in your team's clubhouse throughout all of it. But, you know, the body at those last four or five years is going to slow down significantly. At least at least numbers tell us that. Who knows if that's the case? Every player is different. But, you know, you're, you're paying for potentially a bad back end of that contract. And, so it was it was the Giants' willingness, and they were coming from a place of desperation. You know, the 49ers are pushing for an NFC championship and, and looking to compete. The Warriors are spending more money than any team in professional sports. And, you know, they're two blocks away from the Giants, and the Warriors are selling out every game and winning titles, and, and the Giants have seen their season ticket base dwindle considerably, and, you know, they, they feel that pressure. And so – they they were coming from a place of desperation when they were able to go and, and increase it, but you know every indication was earlier in the week that they were somewhere around three hundred and five million dollars in, in like twelve years. So that you think about the math there, the Twins were really in the ballpark, but the Giants went to a level that the Twins just weren't willing to go to. And you know it, it's a, when you look at teams and they have self-imposed budgets because every team can afford everybody for the most part. Um, but when you have a self-imposed budget and you look at potentially paying Carlos Correa, like say the Twins had gone 10 years and $325 million, if you're spending $32.5 million annually out of your $160 million pay, or your payroll, that, that's pretty tough to fit in, especially when you throw in Byron Buxton. You're up to about $50 million bucks between those two out of your 160 and you have 38 other players to sign. So I understand what the math is. The Twins pushed themselves to a limit that they were only comfortable with because it was Correa, but it was uh, it was definitely um, a, a good push, but just not quite enough. Yeah, one one sidebar to all of this. 
I, I, I don't know if we fully appreciate that Giants-Dodgers rivalry, but Carlos Correa, not particularly popular in L.A., <laughs> now he plays for the Giants on top I know, of it. No, it's, it was one, I've been to Dodger Stadium many times when I used to cover the Padres. I went there as a Giants fan growing up. Um, <laughs> it's always loud when the Giants come to town. Uh, when Carlos Correa was there in August, it was the loudest I'd ever heard it. And now he gets oh. to go there two times annually every year, six games, going to get booed like crazy. Um, the Dodgers made it clear last week when we were in San Diego that they were not interested in Correa because of the 2017 Astros. Sure. It was uh, It's going to be a fun fun little mini event every time that happens. Yeah, so so a little added oomph to uh, quite a rivalry in the major leagues. Now for the Twins, Dan, and this, and by the way, Dan Hayes from the Athletic joining us uh, on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Steve in for Henry tonight. Charlie Weiss is our producer. the The big question is now what for the Twins? They have a void at shortstop. They have money to spend because. The way the 2022 campaign ended, you know, they got to do something to get fans back. Yeah, and and what that is, I don't know that they know right now. I mean, look, this is a team that always plans. They always have side routes, escape routes, in case their main plan does not work. Um, they're they're in a tough spot though because a lot of the field is gone. There are only two real impact free agents left, and it's Carlos Rodon who the Yankees have their eye on. And, and, you know, I think any team that landed Carlos Rodon would be, would be very happy to. Um, and he'd give the twins a frontline pitcher that they desperately could use. But beyond him, it's, it's Dansby Swanson. And I think, you know, it wouldn't be shocking to see the angels, the Cubs, um, potentially the Braves still in there going after Swanson and, that means there's a lot of teams with some money that maybe the Twins don't have that can outbid them again. And, and you know, when it comes to Rodon, if the Yankees really do have their eyes set on him, and the Yankees were not a good team last year. They they struggled at the end. Uh, they were shorthanded. They've really done not a whole lot to improve that team so far. Uh, they need a big splash. When you see that the Mets have gone out and got Justin Verlander and you know, brought back Brandon Nimmo, and the Mets are getting all the attention for spending big bucks. The Yankees are kind of getting overshadowed in their own town, and I think that Carlos Rodon is somebody that they have an eye on. So if you if you say those two teams or those two players are not really available to the Twins, it becomes a kind of a, a guessing game at what they do. And there are so many routes they can take. You know, the most unpleasant one possibly would be dialing back for a year because they have three impending free agent pitchers for next year and that could get them a lot in the trade market um you know i don't think they're there yet at all i don't think they've come to that conclusion i think they want to be competitive and aggressive and see what they can land but at the same time you know that has to be in their mind somewhere that sunny gray tyler malley and and kenta maeda are all free agents next year and and pitching is costing a lot these days and Mm. they could probably do pretty well for themselves in the trade market yeah, and it still gets back to a big one, strength up the middle. Uh, Byron Buxton's durability is always a question. This is a recording. They they hope he's available uh, for more games than not, but the track record certainly isn't there. Uh, you could pencil in Correa at shortstop, and he did an outstanding job as, as a defensive shortstop. I think that there was some concern about 
where his bat was for a chunk of the season, but leadership and and the way he played the game at shortstop. But but now you have that void because Royce Lewis, who knows when he'll be available in 2023. Yeah, Royce Lewis is most likely a big winner in this because I know he wanted the Twins to believe he could be back and ready on opening day. You know, when you're coming off to your second ACL, uh, torn ACL in a row, they're not going to rush him. They've got too much time, care, and love invested in him to, to rush him. I, I think he's realistic to be on the field, you know, at the major league level, maybe by July 1, somewhere around there, um, late, you know, mid, mid to late June uh, uh, for his minor league rehab, something like that. But that's not your opening day guy. They, they are fortunate that they got Kyle Farmer. Uh, they acquired him from Cincinnati a month ago at the, the deadline, or the, non, the non-tender deadline. That's good insurance to have. Um, he's, he's a solid defender, you know, and, and a guy with some power, but it's, you know, not going to be the same as Carlos Correa. So I, I think one thing we'll see the Twins do this year potentially is Austin Martin could be a guy that comes up and gives them – a, a better option to spell Byron Buxton than we've seen in the past. Um, you know, he's more of a, a light hitting guy. He had a really good Arizona fall league for that one of their top prospects. And I think that that should help spell them there. But at the same time, you know, they, they definitely have some money to spend and, and who knows how they'll do it. You know, could be in the trade market. It, it could be any number of routes and, it's definitely going to be interesting to see, but, you know, they've pivoted before. They got Josh Donaldson in 2019. I think it was January 2020. They went after Zach Wheeler very hard. They came up short, and uh, and they wound on uh, – landed on Donaldson sort of towards the end of January for that four million – or four-year, $92 million contract. Um, they're good at pivots. That's, that's something they always do, but this is going to be a very big one for them. Yeah, for sure, and it it is all about building excitement because before you know it, uh, the the winter caravan and ultimately Twins Fest uh, returns and building that excitement and the countdown to pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training, you know, re-upping Correa creates that excitement. Now, what what do you do to to get that buzz around the ball club because I, I, I think you and I have talked about it. I, I've certainly talked about it with uh, a lot of Twins fans I know. They have the making of a, a pretty good starting rotation. No superstar, no no clear ace at the top, but at least going into this off season and counting down to spring training, they have the makings of what could be a deep starting rotation. That's not a bad place to start. It's the the strongest they've been in the rotation in three or four years, without question, because Sonny Gray probably is a two or a three. You know, you've got Kenta Maeda coming back, and he'll have had his Tommy John surgery was September 1 of 21, so he'll have had plenty of time to get prepared. Um, obviously, Tyler Malley had some shoulder issues, but they feel good about where he is going forward, and Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober showed you in September and October right. what they can do. They were both really impressive down the stretch. When you start with that group and you can back them up with you know, local product, Louis Varland or maybe Simeon Richards Wood um, or Woods Richardson. Sorry, it's been a long two days. Um, yeah, but for sure. When you, uh, when you pair them with some of the prospects they have, they, they really have some decent options at starting rotation. It, it really was all in place for Carlos Correa to come back and make them into a contender because 
you bring him back and he's a, a five win player uh, to throw in the lineup. And all of a sudden you're in the upper eighties. I, they made a nice move the other day, uh, signing Christian Vasquez as a catcher. That was a big need for them. And they brought in a winning catcher, a guy who's got two world series titles yeah. and has played for Boston and Houston his whole career. He gives them some really good catching help. He's a good defender. He's got a, a good contact bat. And, and so they, they were very primed to really compete right away. Um, if, if Correa came back and you know, now they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and, and it could just go in any number of directions. All right. Well, Dan, good to visit with you. Thanks for the insight. All right. Hey, thanks for having me on, Steve. All right. There he is, Dan Hayes of the Athletic, joining us. Carlos Correa of the Giants. 13 years and 350. It just still blows me away. And uh, coming up around the corner, uh, what do you think? Do you, do you blame the Twins for taking a pass? You, you heard the number, 10 years, 285. Um, and, and the Giants come in and we'll give you 13 and 350. I can't blame the Twins a bit uh, for passing on that. Uh, what are your thoughts? And you can get a hold of us on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line 651-461-9226. We'll come back, get into that here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.